Well, it's Father's Day here all across the country. And for all the fathers that are out there, happy Father's Day to you. This is your day. Enjoy it. And those of you that have your fathers with you, your father figures, make sure that you make it a special day for them. Also, we've got upcoming elections coming up on this Tuesday here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But today, we have a special guest with us to talk to us about the importance of Juneteenth. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. We'll be right back in just a moment. Welcome back. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. We're so happy to have you with us and joining us on this Sunday, as you always do, as we broadcast from the campus of the Norfolk State University from WNSB Hot 91, the Soul of VA. We also like to thank our producer who's in studio with us, Marvin Folks, also known as DJ Scandalous, which you can hear every day, Monday through Friday from 2 to 6 p.m. Saturday, and yes, on Sunday, the hardest working man in radio. As always, I'd like to give a special shout out to all of our supporters and those of this great institution, the Spartan Nation, some of the greatest alumni, faculty, staff, administrators, and students in the world. You know, today is, is a very special day. It's when we recognize our fathers. So once again, I want to say happy Father's Day to all of you who are out there who are fathers and not just fathers, but also father figures. You know, it's very special to have your father in your life. Those of you that know, I buried my father on last year, uh, who is my greatest friend and example. And, you know, we have a great legacy of my sons and my brother and his sons and all others in our family. So this is a special day for all all fathers. And I want you to definitely enjoy this day. As I also mentioned, those of you that have been listening to the show, you know that we've had our June primary election series preview. So coming up this Tuesday, this Tuesday is election day. So make sure you go out and vote. June 20th is primary election day. This is where you will choose the representative that you want to represent your party in the upcoming general election in November. So go out and vote. It's a very important election. And, you know, in Hampton Roads, we've got an extremely important Senate two Senate uh, elections uh, where we have Senate districts who are we have two legislators, Senator Lucas and Spruill. Uh, in their Senate district and also here, the new Senate district in the city of Norfolk. So go out and vote. Make sure that your voice is heard. This is your opportunity to make sure that you get the representative that you want. You know, and also, you know, today is also another very important day that we have coming up tomorrow. And that is Juneteenth. Now, in the African-American community, we've known about Juneteenth uh, for quite some time. But, you know, it's currently gotten, you know, the recognition uh, across the country uh, as a federal holiday and here in the Commonwealth of Virginia as a state holiday. And Juneteenth, with it being a holiday and, all, and, and, and us giving the opportunity to have these celebrations, we know it as a holiday commem- commemorating uh, and marking, really, the end of slavery in all of the United States. You know, it's a lot to unpack here. And to do this, I'm very fortunate to have with me my very good friend. And those of you that know him, he's a phenomenal historian. Nathan Richardson, also known as Mr. Frederick Douglass. Nathan, how are you doing today? I'm doing doing really great. Uh, good to be talking to you, doctor. Um, and uh, happy, happy Father's Day to you uh, and uh, to my son. And my son has... Uh, 
has given me two grandsons. Uh, I, myself, like you, uh, lost my father yes. uh, this past year. And, and so we, uh, probably what makes us good friends is, uh, is uh, men who are trying to be good dads. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, uh, you know, I say it all the time. There's other than being a husband, uh, there's no other great. The greatest title that I have in this world is being a father. I mean, I love it. Right. Uh, it's it's an opportunity for every to, to really create and instill and motivate and mold and, and shape, you know, the futures uh, leaders of our of our of our families, the future leader of our community and the world. And just being a dad is, is phenomenal. So it's, it's truly a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So so with that, you know, you know, I Nathan, we've known each other for a long time. And uh, of course, the listeners of this show know that I have an affinity for history, especially legal history. And uh, I remember years ago, you and I met uh, at uh, Hampton uh, University Museum where you were uh, doing a, and this was, when I say years ago, I have the pictures of my sons who are now in college and seniors in high school uh, and living on their own in an old apartment. You know, they they were little boys. Yeah. 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 You know, and I I was just really, I I was just really uh, uh, amazed that, the, the the interpretation you know that you gave during that time period uh and it was it was it was phenomenal and since that time you and I have forged a phenomenal uh friendship and uh, I really value it and value your input and your knowledge and and all that you do to make sure that our history is not lost and is still made yeah. relevant today yes yes i'm I'm definitely very blessed uh and you know if if we if I look back to that first meeting uh, where you saw me as Douglas and I, I've been doing this now about 10 years, uh, nine really seriously. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't have thought that I would still be doing Frederick Douglas now. Um, but his life has been so, was so expansive and basically covered all of the 19th century. Uh, and the things that are happening now that, that demand that we go back in history uh, to find out where we've come come to understand where we're going uh, has given uh, my, my portrayal of Frederick Douglass uh, longevity, longevity. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, what we're yeah. going to do, uh, we're going to give our audience a very special treat here. I want you to switch your hats now, you know, from Nathan Richardson to Frederick Douglass. And uh, I want to have a discussion with Mr. Frederick Douglass, whom – from me reading his history, a person that I, I truly admire as him being an advisor to some of the most powerful people in the world and really the force behind the scenes of upper mobility of African-Americans, the in, ending of slavery and the beginning of the new life for black people in our country. So, Mr. Frederick Douglass, you know, to those for our audience today, tell us. What is the history of Juneteenth? How do we get here? Well, uh, uh, certainly it's, it's great to be talking to you, uh, Doc, Dr. Lavelle. Um, as I understand it, uh, and, and with all due respect to your, to your great uh, position uh, as a historian and, and, your, and your platform in which you, in which you bring uh, that knowledge, uh, uh, I am here with unusual diffidence. Uh, I'm very uh, excited to be talking to you in this 
this modern era, the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, yes. And so, uh, I've been, it seems like there's great activity around Jubilee in, in the modern era. <laughs> uh, they keep, I keep getting phone calls to, to speak on this topic uh, from everyone in the modern era. And I was just uh, recently, uh, this past Monday, uh, speaking to the citizens of Newport News, Virginia, on this, on this peculiar topic. Uh, the, the history is that, of course, uh, on the first day of January, 1863, uh, when we were, and I was, in, in, in Boston, uh, waiting uh, for the Emancipation Proclamation uh, to come down, uh, that we, we certainly uh, were, were thrilled, excited uh, 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 about the prospect of our freedom, uh, that we would be now uh, uh, free and unbonded. And so, uh, of course, we had to digest uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, and there was uh, quite a deal, quite a deal of conjecture as to what exactly the Emancipation Proclamation meant. Mm-hmm. In that, uh, Mr. Lincoln uh, uh, had excluded some counties, the 48 counties of West Virginia, uh, Perclemens, Saint Bernard, uh, Norfolk, uh, Portsmouth. All of these counties, uh, he had given them an exemption, and so there were many of us uh, who were saying. Well, perhaps he had he had not freed freed uh, us at all, uh, but of course that went to his his prudence and his thinking as an honest boatman that he wanted to save the union and this was his paramount uh, call to save the union that he would give uh, those border states a pass because they were on the side of the union uh, but still owned slaves and so he gave them a pass until until we could end the war. Uh, and then he would outrightly abolish slavery. And and I often uh, say that although Lincoln made uh, uh, the um, the end of slavery by proclamation, it was actually Grant that actually delivered us out of bondage. But once this happened, of course, now we have Reconstruction, and then part of that Reconstruction is to as to ensure that slavery is abolished in every corner corner of the union. And certainly there were uh, many Southerners who were trying to avoid this at all costs. Even my brother Eliza and sister Perry had been caught up in that, in that uh, process that they might even, they might, they were moved uh, South and West uh, to avoid uh, being released uh, into freedom. And so it took, uh, the the uh, energy and efforts of the government to send soldiers south uh, to uh, ensure that slavery uh, was respected, that the Emancipation Proclamation was respected in all, all rights. And it took uh, Gordon Granger uh, until 1865, July, June of 1865, uh, to reach Galveston, Texas, where he would read... Uh, the general order number three, uh, he and the uh, Buffalo soldiers uh, went down there and he read that proclamation, uh, which stated basically that uh, the uh, that the relationship between slave and slave master would now become that of employer and employee. <laughs> that's 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 those are the that's the phraseology that I like. 
sir. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Lavelle, and today we're talking about Juneteenth with none other than Mr. Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass, when we talk about the employer-employee relationship, what was your view during that time period of the possibility of black people being able to transition immediately out of slavery into being a part of the fabric of this country? Yes, absolutely. And so it's, I would certainly come right out of that, that phraseology of employee uh, and employer uh, to say that uh, we wanted the franchise. And by what I mean by the franchise, meaning that we are socially, politically uh, uh, invested in the United States democracy, that we have full access to, uh, to everything that, that is guaranteed by the Bill of Rights. And so that would be the whole objective of uh, Reconstruction and everything we were doing after uh, June, oh, after Jubilee, uh, I think you all now call it Juneteenth that we were working towards. And so all of those uh, celebrations that we had coming out of Galveston across the country were in that endeavor to, to make sure that we were fully enfranchised in American democracy. And so, and so because of that, because we, did, we, we believe that the Constitution was not a dead letter, that we would be adding amendments to the Constitution to guarantee that enfranchisement, meaning the 13th, uh, 14th, and the Fifteenth Amendment. You know, and, and and with those amendments, give us your work behind the scenes with President Abraham Lincoln at that time, and, and what it took to get that done. Well, uh, unfortunately, I was not able to uh, have much work with uh, President Lincoln. He was assassinated, as you might know, uh, that uh, the red hand of violence mm-hmm. killed, assassinated him. Uh, not because of personal hate for no man who ever knew Abraham Lincoln could hate him, but because of his fidelity to union and liberty. And so I found myself uh, having to deal with uh, his uh, President Johnson, who certainly was not a friend of mine, right. <laughs> who alleged himself to be the uh, the uh, the uh, the Moses of the black people. <laughs> and I basically, when I was talking to him about how we would, proceed forward with the enfranchisement, with Reconstruction, I had to tell him to his face, so you, sir, are not the Moses of the black people, but you might be, in fact, the Pharaoh. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, uh, there was. this is part of why uh, we're speaking, you know, a couple of decades later uh, uh, that, that we really fell apart as far as Reconstruction and our ability to celebrate our emancipation and, and Juneteenth and everything, it started to fall apart. Uh, and so we really had to uh, struggle now to reposition ourselves and find ourselves uh, a, a path forward. Uh, one of the things, and this was a speech that I was giving many times during that period, I, I first gave this in, in Boston in 1865, what the black man wants what the black man wants. And the first question that came up among, uh, to all of us abolitionists is, what shall we do with the Negro? And uh, my question was, uh, do nothing with us. Your doing has already played mischief with us. Do nothing with us, just get out of the way. 
You know, if you see us uh, going uh, to uh, school, let us alone. If you see us going uh, to the ballot box, let us alone. If you see us going to a workshop, just let us alone. Your interference is doing us a serious injury. And so this is what I was saying to everyone involved, that we, uh, as, a, as a nation of colored people, uh, needed to ensure that we're fully enfranchised in American democracy, that we are uh, able to build our own homes and churches and schools and become uh, educated and those sorts of things. Uh, that, that's part of being in the franchise. Well, Mr. Douglas, you would be today, you know, you would probably be surprised or, or delighted, I would say, to know that as African-Americans, uh, we've made tremendous strides. You know, there's still a lot of struggles, but tremendous strides. Case in point, um, you say you talked about education. You know, today, of course, across the board, all Americans have the opportunity for a free public education. And of course, it's funded through uh, tax dollars and the like, but public education. And then we have the opportunity to apply and receive funding to go to college to help better ourselves. Home ownership is available, the ability to raise your families. And we also in this country have had the first African-American black president and the first African-American black vice female vice president in the history of the country. From your view, how does that progress sit in your view of the U.S.? Well, those are astonishing accomplishments, especially when you uh, say uh, that there is a woman vice president. Uh, And so part of our universal suffrage was that I stood with the women uh, to demand rights for the women as well. Uh, And that uh, that was uh, hampered by those who did not want the women with the full enfranchisement. As a matter of fact, they put they put the black man in front of the woman, in front of not only uh, Susan B. Anthony, but my wife and my daughter, Rosetta. They put the black man ahead of the women. And so to hear that women now are have some franchise in, in democracy is, is, is a wonderful thing. Uh, but I certainly would also say that though you have these uh, advantages and what we saw uh, in the mid-19th uh, century, was that there are always forces who are trying to take back the gains that you have achieved. And so uh, specifically in the primary franchise of voting, uh, you may have the right to vote. So what are the forces that are trying to take those things back from you? Um, again, what I was saying to the to the people at that time, some, some said that the black man was ignorant. One of the main objections to the franchise of voting was the black man was ignorant. And I said, I said to them, if, if, if you may say he is ignorant, but if he knows enough to be hung, he knows enough to vote. <laughs> if he knows enough to pay his taxes, he knows enough to vote. If he knows enough to shoulder a musket and fight for the flag, he knows enough to vote. If he, if the colored man knows enough when he is sober, as the Irishman knows when he is drunk, he knows enough to vote. So where are you today on the issue of voting? Well, voting. You know, here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, we have a very important election. The primary election is coming up, as I mentioned at the beginning of our show, on the 20th. And we have an opportunity to send representatives uh, to the to the Capitol here to, um, you know, be elected. 
uh, and represent the people of, of the community. How important was the, the ballot box during that time? Yes, it, it was extremely uh, important uh, for our survival uh, and our full enfranchisement in democracy. And, and of course, uh, the colored race is not a monolithic thought pattern. Uh, there were some who had different ideas about what that meant. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was widely ridiculed or criticized by being part of a delegation going down to Santo Domingo uh, considering the annexation of Santo Domingo. And, and many uh, colored people uh, uh, claimed that I was uh, betraying them by uh, talking about uh, annexing uh, a free black state, a, a free black country. Uh, but, of course, my, my, uh, my motives were ul- ulterior. <laughs> and I wanted to see a whole millions of new black people voting in America. That's what I wanted. And so I thought that would be a uh, process that would get more uh, uh, colored people on the road to vote. Uh, and so it was it was extremely, extremely important. And then, of course, as soon as uh, we had that franchise and I was actually kept my residence in New York and was actually one of the voting officials in New York to, that I would take a ballot box uh, full of votes to be counted. Yours truly. Uh, that uh, I wanted to be fully engaged in this electoral process. Yes, sir. You know, it's the year 2023. And of course, this is almost 200 over almost 200 years post post uh, the first Juneteenth or a Freedom Day, as we call it, as we call it during that time period. If we're you know, we have a lot of celebrations today, of course, as a federal holiday. It's a holiday state holiday here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We're talking to the people today, how important is Juneteenth today? How relevant is it? Well, I, I without any any firsthand knowledge of where you are now uh, in the franchise, uh, I would say that you still need to be agitated. You still need to be civically engaged in American democracy and to make sure that whatever gains you've had, you are not losing them. Uh, behind the curtain, uh, and, and that uh, any any celebrations that you have would not be caught up in the novelties of what we started in, in Juneteenth as far as, I mean, I'm talking about the novelties of strawberry cake and soda pop and music and those sorts of things, that you would also uh, be having discussions around your democracy that you would be showcasing black businesses, black churches, black schools, and showing uh, the country, yourselves and the country, uh, that the black man is just as capable as the white. And so if you go to a celebration, you should be looking for these things. You should be looking for those who are trying to bring new voters uh, to the ballot box. Yes. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned the celebration during that time and, and now. Uh, if you could think back for us, you know, tell us how was that first celebration that knowing that, you know, African-Americans, blacks were then freed from slavery, ready to begin their, their new life? 
Well, it was a jubilee. It was a jubilee, and that's why we started calling it a jubilee. There was everything possibly that you might might have. I'm sure you all still have strawberry cake and and uh, soda pop. You still have uh, music. You still have fireworks. We had all of those things because it was certainly a jubilant time for us, an exciting time uh, about what we would do uh, with our with our new freedom. Uh, but we were also still uh, very engaged, very organized as to how we would affect change and in the Constitution to ensure that we had equal rights. So we are talking about, um, especially the 14th Amendment, giving us equal protection under the law. Then these are things that will help ensure that nobody can come back, uh, like, uh, say, a Judge Tawney, who denied Dred Scott his rights. Uh, these sorts of things by by the forces uh, inside our, our federal government. I mean, I was saying, boy, I keep going back to this speech, what the black man wants when I was saying to them, I believe that when all the tall heads of the rebellion have been swept down, and they were swept down, uh, that when all the Davises and the Stevenses and the, and the Tooneses have been blotted out, there will still be a rank undergrowth of treason interfering with the quiet operation of the federal government. So that's what you should be considering when you are at the same time you're celebrating at the same time you are, you are talking about this freedom. You should be aware that there are forces interfering with the quiet operation of your government. And this is also true of what I spoke on when I spoke on the 4th of July, the same the same sort of thing. Absolutely. Democracy was worth fighting for then, and it's worth fighting for now. Freedoms, freedoms that we have, we can't take it for granted because many people lost their lives. Many people sacrificed ultimately how we, the sacrifice for what we have today. So for this Juneteenth, we honor our ancestors. We honor those that, those allies that fought for us, and we honor people like Frederick Douglass and many, many others that, that toiled and strove and ensured that the future is bright for not just black Americans, but all Americans. Mr. Frederick Douglass, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you, citizen. Thank you so much, Dr. Dr. Lil. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brother Richardson, um, tell us a little bit about, uh, now we're switching back to Nathan Richardson now. <laughs> uh, it, listen, and I close closing moments again. I really appreciate. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. your, your knowledge and and what you bring to the table and and just giving the history, not just here in Hampton Roads, but across the country, as Frederick Douglass. In a, in a few moments yeah. here, tell us tell us what you have coming up and how we can follow you. Yes, yes. Well, uh, you can. I'm very blessed. You can actually Google my name, Nathan Richardson, and you can find myself and Frederick Douglass. Um, uh, but my website is www.scpublishing.com. Uh, but uh, I tell you what, the uh, anytime you federalize something, there are dollars behind it. <laughs> uh, and uh, I've been very fortunate that uh, Juneteenth, the, the month of June, has become uh, a windfall for me as far as the opportunities to be able to go out and teach. Uh, I, I, you know. I, I, I remember back, uh, say, 30 years ago when I met Sherry Bailey, who was one of the only people 
in Hampton Roads talking about Juneteenth. She literally brought the idea to Juneteenth uh, here to, to, to the Hampton Roads community. And she was the only one doing anything like that. Now, uh, this month, I have uh, uh, six events in five states uh, throughout the month of uh, June. So I, I, I just finished Newport News on Monday. Uh, Saturday, I'll be in Louisa, Virginia. I'll go from there to Oxon Hill Farm in uh, Oxon Hill, Maryland, from there to Valley Forge uh, in Pennsylvania, and from there to Winchester, Massachusetts. So just just so many opportunities to speak to different audiences across the country absolutely and 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 educate people about 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 our history yeah absolutely well listen uh, listen we got to have you back i always enjoy talking with you about history and and so forth but it's yeah. so good to have you that's nathan richardson also historian also known as frederick douglas and again once again we thank you for joining us here on say the water happy father's day for to all the fathers and go out and enjoy this juneteenth and on tomorrow and don't forget to vote on tuesday father's day today juneteenth tomorrow monday and voting on tuesday listen Be great, God bless, and we'll see you next week for our election recap for the primary here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. God bless. See you later.